emails from people the last 18 months. They're asking me, I started with a lot of good friendship, but over the years, certain friendships are, are very, very good, and certain friendships, they came to a point of, we stopped the friendship, and how can I handle those situations? And God really gave me a revelation from the book of Acts about, about actually, about the life of Paul. And before I start with this question, here is my nugget. God brings all this in the right season, the right people. God brings the right people in the season. They will promote you. They will open a door. And without the blessing, you will not be the person you are right now. Just think for a moment, the Apostle Paul before, he was a believer. He persecuted all the Christians, yet he had the license to die, the, the Christians. And if you are a Christian in that time, the biggest enemy you had was the devil and Paul. Paul was, was after the Christians, and he was killing people. But then came the moment when he got saved. But just think for a moment, if you're a Christian, you heard about the rumor, oh, Paul, a license to die, he got saved. If you're living in China or maybe in Russia 20 years ago, remember, sometimes people that walked into a church, they were like spies. They came and they, they, they pretend like being a Christian, but they were from the police and they wrote down all the names. And you were never sure, is this a spy from the police? Wrote down all the names and then a week later, you will be like in prison with all the Christians, and the church was not sure, is the salvation real or not? Then God promoted in the right season, the right guy, in Acts chapter nine, verse 27, I wanna read it, but Barnabas took him, Paul, and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him. And now in Damascus, he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus Christ. In the right moment, brought, God brought Barnabas into the life of Paul. He was promoted him to the local church. And for Paul was Barnabas like an angel, like a door opener. This happens in our lives all the time. You go into a small group, you get connected with a person. He has an insight, maybe a Bible verse or a podcast or whatever, and they connect you in the right moment with the right books, with the right preaching, teaching, and you're glowing, uh, glowing, growing and flowing and flourishing, right? And this was like a promotion for Paul. Verse 28, so Saul stayed with them. Barnabas promoted Paul and said, he is a really believer. And for Paul, this was the biggest blessing ever. And now just think for a moment, God brought some people in your journey, in your life, and those people had and will have an impact in your life. Here is a list I did some months ago. Many, many years ago, God brought Heinz Struppler in my life, and he taught me to be a leader, and multiplication is one of the most important parts as a leader. If I don't multiply, I will die as a Leo, but the gift of a pastor to multiply in new pastors, a worship leader is multiplying in new worship leaders. Then God brought Bill Hybels into my life, uh, and that dude explained me that church can be a very unique place where the unbelievers and the believers are meeting. Then God brought Rick Warren into my life. He taught me about theology, 
It's also important not only being have a vision, but explain people from the Bible why a vision is very important. Then Gary Keller, maybe you know that dude, is, is, is more than 90 years old right now. He came to our church in a season. We were growing and exploding, and everyone was very close to get a burnout, I remember. And he said, hey, slow down, dude, slow down. And he taught me about pastoral care. Then 18 months ago, when the corona hit Switzerland as well, not only China, also Switzerland, very hard, a little bit later, uh, we had from the very first Sunday on, came Stefan Kuhns, he's a very famous uh, lettering guy. He was here every single Sunday from morning till dusk. We had three cameras, but no volunteers. And he helped us out in the beginning of social media and the online and the online church and all those things. And without Stefan Kuhns, we will not have an impact with thousands of people around the world. He came in the right season, the right person for the right task. Then my mom, she passed away. I handed over her to God in November. She, she taught me to believe in God. This is all those people. God brought those people into my life to have a huge impact. And just think for a moment. You have also lived in your life. God brought some people in your life. And because of those people, you're not the same anymore. You were growing, you were flourishing, and those people, they brought like an insight from God that you, with yourself, you cannot have. For Paul, it was Barnabas. But not only that, Paul and Barnabas, they were like day and night. Paul is like, is like, a, like a preacher, an apostle, like when he preached, like he will preach, turn or burn, like boom. No emotions, boom, straight. But Barnabas, his name is son of the comfort. He was a counselor. And if you're a counselor, you will say, oh my gosh, it's too hard. Be nice to the people. They have their story. Paul, calm down. And Paul will say, hey, no, that's my calling. I'm a, an apostle, turn or burn. And uh, Barnabas says, yeah, you have an amazing gift. And Paul will say, yeah, your gift as a counselor is also pretty cool. And they became like a team. Can you imagine what the first mission tour they did together? He brought the people to Christ. Come to the front. Hey, and Barnabas, now take those people and make counseling. <laughs> they were a super team because Barnabas would have no clients, no counseling without Paul. And Paul without Barnabas will be like, Game over, we'll have a burnout. Also, God brings you the right people in your life and you will be always be a team. And team means you have people in your life in small group, they're often the opposite. You are married to a person who's the opposite, always. You are attracted in the beginning with the opposite, but after a while, you know what I'm talking about? Say, oh, it, it must be so different. Could it be no more like in the middle? But they became an amazing team. And God brought some people in your life. With those people, you are a winning team. A winning team for Jesus Christ. Then in the second mission tour, in Acts chapter 15, verse 37, um, Paul asked Barnabas, can you do a tour again? And then Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. Now Paul is saying... Barnabas saying, 
I come with you for the second tour, but I want to have Mark with you. You will say, yeah, why not Mark? Why not Mark? But listen in verse 38. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamelia and had not continued with them in the work. That means in the first mission work that you just run away like Forrest Gump. And we don't know what happened really. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? He just ran away. The Bible will not say what was the reason. Maybe Marcus felt, Paul, I love you. I honor your anointing, winning people. But maybe the way you preach and teach is maybe a little too rough. Maybe, I don't know. But he felt like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be in that mood. And he just ran away. But now listen, now comes the challenge in verse 39. They had Barnabas and Paul, the dream team, the one who promoted Paul, their dream team. They stick together like a winning team. Now Barnabas had a, such a sharp disagreement and they parted the company. Barnabas said, goodbye, Paul. I want to choose Mark. For Marcus meant God brings the right people for the right season in your life. But for Paul was, I'm alone right now. And the Bible just said, they departed and died. But what happened actually? The Bible is not telling us what happened really. And often in your life, God brings the right person in your life and after some years, there is a fight, and you're drifting, you're departing, and the moment you know they, got, they have a big future, but what happens between the line? It's also painful and hurtful, and the Bible gives no reason what happened really and how they handled that situation. Maybe I think Barnabas felt after the first mission trip. Paul, I love you, but we are so different. You're the hardcore preacher, but I'm more like the counsel, like the soft dude, you know? And it's cool for one mission trip, but for the second one, I need Marcus. That's another guy. Now I want to tell you what is the reason why we can quit our friendship. I have a list. Sometimes you have different attitudes and basic values. We have some arguments unhealthy relationships, mind-trusted abuse, maybe a new focus, you have a new job, a new hobby, a new church, a new school. Our life goes through different phases, or maybe we're going to a new place of living or new interests. The list goes on and on and on, and we have Joel Fugeli. You will explain us why sometimes things are drifting, right? Yeah. With, with uh, friendships and relationships, it can be very emotional. So for me, it's very important that I can sometimes bring a little bit of structure into my friendships. Maybe it's a man thing that I like to do that a lot. I don't know. So let's assume you and I, we are friends. Okay, we have a friendship. So there are uh, certain ways it can be. So I might want to continue this friendship, to go deeper and to be good friends still. So that's, here is, uh, this is me, 
So I'm positive towards our relationship. Or it can be the other way. I can be negative. I, th I think our relationship has to end here. It's enough. Um, and I want to stop our relationship, our friendship. And it's the same with you. Maybe you still, you are here, you still want this relationship. Or maybe it's the opposite. You want to end this relationship. So this brings us to four situations in total that we can be in. So the thing that we love the most is if we both are positive for our friendship, okay? But it can also be that I want this relationship, but you don't, or I don't want the relationship, but you want it, or we both don't want this relationship anymore. You see this? So here we have four, um, four squares where we can be in with our relationship. So let's take it. For each one of those, there is a certain responsibility and a, a certain a thing that we have to do in order uh, that it comes good with us. So up here, if we both are positive towards this friendship, we both want to continue in our friendship, here we need to let it come here. The first one, is it here? We need to invest in our friendship. Okay, so the investing into our friendship is important. The relationship doesn't only come by, by nature, so we need to invest. So this is good. So if we, um, if we both don't want our relationship to continue, we need to let go. So this is also an important thing. If we both know our relationship has to end, we need to let it go. So these are the more easier ways our relationship can be, but there are here, up here, and down here, here are the situations with a lot of tension where it becomes difficult for us, okay? So if you want a relationship, but I don't want the relationship, it will take me a lot of courage because I have to be honest with you. I have to be honest about myself first. I, I really think this is, has to be the end. And this here being honest and telling you without hurting you, without making you small, it takes a lot of courage, but it needs to be done. And the fourth thing is if I want a relationship, but you don't want the relationship anymore, anymore there will be pain in my heart. It is a discouragement. I'm going to be hurt maybe because of, of the way I can't understand it. Why don't you want a relationship anymore? So here, there will be pain in my heart that I will have to deal with. Now, the good thing that I experienced in my whole life, in every of those four situations, Jesus can be a very good help in every situation. He is the one that I, when I invest into a relationship, he is the one that is a good, a firm foundation for my relationship. Amen? He is the one who helps also letting go, letting go each other so that each one of us can go his way on with Jesus into new friendships. He is also the one who gives me courage. He is the one who gives me courage and, and challenges me to be honest with my friends and also with the people where I need to uh, end relationship. And also, he is my comforter. He is the one who knows my pain, who understands me, and also the one who heals my pain and makes me ready again for new friendships. Now, you see, this is the good one that we all want, but this one and this one and this one 
are all parts where we need sometimes to end relationship. So that brings us to a very important question, Pastor Leo. How do we end relationships in a good way? An absolute very important question. Let's give uh, you all a big round of applause. <laughs> you know, that, that happens in our church all the time. Uh, we, we promote some people in worship and years later they're drifting, going to another church and doing their worship or going to another church, becoming a pastor. And always in the transition season and people leaving, it's often, even though it, as good as you do it, there's always some painful moments involved. And I think it's very important that you understand how you can finish something strong because you never know if you meet that person, the Marcus, again. Mara says, how to end a, a friendship? Well, point number one, end it consistently and very clearly. Why I'm saying that? Because Swiss people often, we are not so clear. The German people, they are very clear. For example, when you go to Germany and you see a store, there is a sign, stealing forbidden. Like, don't do it, clear. In Switzerland, in a shop, maybe you read it, uh, stealing, it's not, um, eh? Stealing is not appreciated here. With other words, we don't like it. Please don't do it because we don't know what we should be doing with you. Go to Germany, it's forbidden, but here, we don't like if you do that, you know? That's, that's the mindset of Swiss people. With other words, when something comes to an end, be specific and be clear. And I had that talk to many, many friends in my life. They came to my life, they promoted me. And I said, hey, I'm so sorry, let's, let's finish very clearly and very strong for a moment. Be clear about it. Point number two, bring your disappointments and hurts to God. And here's the point because for, for Paul, he was really disappointed of Mark and Mark was disappointed too. And write down a list of all the things you feel really, really disappointed. Just make a list. Abraham Lincoln, a good friend of mine, he lived in America many, many years ago. He made a decision when, when people made him angry or when people have disappointed him, he always read a letter. And in that letter, he put all the frustration into the letter, but he never sent the letter. If you do this with, with an email, don't push the send button. <laughs> if you send the send button, it's out. But I think this is a very, very good idea. Actually, the Bible says, bring all your worries to God. And God is the best place to bring all your frustration to the best place because that's the sign of healing, the sign of beginning, the sign of miracle. You know what people often do? You're going to people and people will ask yourself, tell me about Paul. And then Marcus will say, hey, Mark, it's such a horrible guy. He did this and this and this. And then you feel into a pity party. And a pity party feels very cool for your soul. But the pity party is not a solution for healing. And people are often fishing for the pity party. Oh, I'm so sorry for you. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It doesn't change anything. 
You need a place of healing. And Jesus Christ is the place he understands you. He feels with you. And I bring all my frustration, like Abraham Lincoln, like a ladder to the cross. Or it can be also a counselor. But what I recognize so far, when people leaving a church to another church, they will see, oh, the old church is horrible. Leadership is horrible. Worship is horrible. They come up with all the horrible things. And you tell me about the church, I don't know. And all of a sudden they think this church must be horrible. The pity party, making people, blaming people, puts you in a place of I'm a victim. People walking around, I'm a victim. If you believe this, your future is not bright. You're getting bitter. You're getting angry. That means for the next relationship, and here is an open space for new relationship, that dude will feel you are disappointed. You are very, very angry. Bring all your frustration to the right place, and it's the cross of Jesus Christ. Point number three, and this is what I learned over all the years from some uh, counselor people. They said, keep the good things of a friendship and express them. That means write it down because when a relationship falls apart, it's painful, right? It's hurtful. And then people could complain for two hours how horrible that man or that woman is. It's a pity party. It's like I'm a victim. And you can share for two hours. It will not change anything because you are in a position to being a victim. But there was a reason why you made the decision for that partner. You made a decision why that dude brought life into you. Barnabas was a door opener for Paul. Barnabas was a door opener also for Mark. Of course, even though if you drift and split, but there are a lot of good things what you learned from that guy. What was the one thing that Marcus learned from Paul? What was the one thing that Barnabas learned from Paul? Write it down, and then people are asking you, how, tell me about Paul. You don't share the frustration. This is what we do. Share what God, what you learned from that guy in your life. Can I be honest with you? Of course I can because I'm the pastor. Honoring your dad and mom, it's for people in Switzerland, Germany, always a big deal. They say, I cannot honor my mom and dad because they're not perfect. If you're like in Latino or Italy, you love your mom and dad, but those people have to say, teach, you have to leave your mom and dad also to a certain place, right? But here, my, my father, for me, was never around, never around. We never went to vacation together. When I heard in the Bible, love your mom and dad, I said to God, my frustration list is endless. And God said to me, what is the one thing, the one thing you can be thankful? And the one thing I'm thankful about my dad is he was a part of creating me. Dot, at least one point, he was there when I was created. Dot. And now when people ask, how was your dad? He created me. They ask, and then? Dot. But at least I start with one thing. 
And after you proclaiming the one thing, the compliment, then after a while, I said, oh yeah, that's the second point. He has the same name like me, Leo. Yeah, now he was a part of having me, and my name is Leo. And also, as more you think about it, the list gets longer and longer and longer and longer and longer. And making compliment means you stepping out from your pity party was painful into the proclamation point. You proclaim to your soul, he was a big deal in my life. He added certain values in me. And even though if I'm not agree about you anymore, but you have and have always will be a big part in me. You understand that? Because what I experience all over the world, the pity party, it's so easy. The pity party belongs to the devil. Pity party will not change you for the future. You come to position, I'm a victim, but we have, God has given us the spirit of God. We can overcome those things in his beautiful name. Now check out in Acts chapter 15, verse 39 and 40. Barnabas took Mark. They became the new winning team. Good for them, right? But Paul chose Silas and left commanded by the believers to the grace of our Lord. Check out. God brings again the right people in the right season in your life. Now it's Silas for Barnabas, it's Mark. Now listen to me. If you don't handle the frustration with Mark well on the cross, you know what you do to Silas? Oh, Silas, I love you. you like Mark. I know you guys, you're coming to my life. You're coming with me to Mission Dream. And I know after one year, you will leave me like Mark. And so I have to say, come on, what's wrong with you? Why are you so mad? I did nothing wrong. Hurt people, they haven't met and the cross of Christ, their heart getting very hard. They say, oh, I learned from my mistakes. Getting hard, not giving everyone the same chance again, means you haven't met Christ on the cross with your frustration. That means you have to earn the trust. You have to earn, you have to prove it, Silas, because I will not make the same mistake again with Mark. And a lot of people, because you became bitter, you became hurt, and it was so painful, you will say, the next relationship, I will not do the same mistake again. What do you mean by that? That means my heart getting hard, and you have to prove, Silas, that you're not like Mark. And Silas will say, what's wrong? Paul, I have no clue about your story. Just embrace people for the next journey as well. I want to close, and I like the Bible, because the Bible is so honest. God brings the right people back into your life at the right time. I underlined the word back. What I mean by back? Paul could say, ah, no problem. Silas is not the new duty changing the world. Mark is in that dream team over there. Check out the humor of God. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 9 and 11. You do the best to come to me quickly. He speaks about Paul. Paul, come quickly. 
for Demas because he loved his world. He deserted me and is going to Thessaloniki. Crescentus has gone to Galatians and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Now listen. He's saying, Paul, hurry. We need you. But bring Mark with me. You meet people always twice. You can kick out people wherever you want. You will meet them some years again, again. And Paul is saying, what you doing? Don't you have any clue what happened many years ago? And he's saying, Paul, God has given you a certain anointing. But when you come, your anointing, it's not enough. God has given Mark another anointing. And we need that anointing. Whatever happens with you some years ago, I don't care. I need that anointing and I get that anointing. And Pablo could say, no, 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 no. He belongs now to the Barnabas team. And I belong to the Silas team. <laughs> hey, I wanna, I wanna say to you, whatever happened in your life, all those people that left you, you blessed them, you anointed them, there comes a moment they're stepping back into your life again. And God is testing you. Have you really forgave Mark? If not, you're not going to the next level. In closing, as a church, we experience this all the time. We have some people in our church that get saved. They married, had some kids. And something happens as a volunteers or a small group, they're leaving ISF and they'll say, oh, ISF, it's all, all rubbish. It's all rubbish. Then the kids are growing, becoming teenager. Do you know in which church the teenager going? In our church. Then the teenager are coming back, but not the parents because they left that messy church. And then those teenagers say, Dad, we have no clue what's happened. We have no clue, Paul and Mark, what happened. And then they invite their parents who left the church and the parents sitting here in the congregation say, oh, there is the asshole who sent me all the emails. Oh, not you, sorry. Sorry for the word. But you know what I'm talking about. And then God is saying, are you ready? to embrace the dude who sent some amazing emails. I have this test almost every Sunday. If you are a pastor, you understand this story and you meet those people again in your life, they have disappointed you and God says, work with that dude again to enlarge in the kingdom of God. That's why, you know why my heart is so soft? I have to go to the cross almost every hour, every day. The pity party doesn't change anything. The cross changes everything. And I don't know what happens in your life, but I wanna do two things tonight. First of all, love, if you 
bring out your frustration, your painful areas where people stepped out in your life and you feel like a victim. Can we close our eyes for a moment? And you know what I'm talking about. And Father God, you know those moments like Paul and Mark, you know what happens behind the scenes. You know that moment when those people stepped out from my life. You know those people that have misused me. Some people that just lie to me. Or some people that just dropped me because I was not useful anymore for the next chapter. And I want to ask you for a moment that you pour out your heart to Jesus. And that's always a very painful moment because all the feelings are coming up again and you feel like a victim. You feel like life is not fair. Maybe you gave a lot of money. You trusted your apartment to a person. You gave a car to a person. But that person had a big impact in your life in the beginning. No, Jesus Christ experienced the same thing when he was on the cross. All the disciples left him. They denied his name. They ran away. And that's why when there is a person who understands us totally, it's Jesus Christ who died on the cross on my behalf. And I want to take all your disappointments right now. I bring it to the cross. It's like my get-free moment on this list. Our people, our moments where I'm very frustrated. The cross is the safest place. But the place where God turns the minus again into a plus. The moment where I lay down my victim moment and God gives me a victorious spirit. I lay down my bitterness and I receive the joy in the Lord is my strength. I lay down my soul who is so loud and so hurt but I receive healing and hope and new beginning on the cross. That's why on the cross it's not a pity party. It's a resurrection party. It's the party above all the parties. And that's the place where the enemy starts to shake because on the cross in that symbol it's so much power. 
Can you stand for a moment, balcony here and online as well? And now I wanna share with you guys in a second prayer, how you can step out from your pity party, how? Because stepping out from the pity party means I start to see what has Paul brought in my life. Paul brought some values. He added some values. Those people, they left, they brought some values in the beginning into you. Maybe a book, a preacher, they brought you to the church, whatever. Those people, you have been in the beginning, they had an impact in you, right? But often people say, oh, all is wrong. All is rubbish. Can I be, I use an example, Carl Lenz from Hillsong, New York. He made a huge mistake. You know what the Christians are doing? Oh, everything was wrong. The teaching is wrong and everything is wrong. No, he made a mistake. But all these preaching and teachings, people have been impacted. And that will stay. That remains. That means even though he made a mistake, he's preaching. It's an echo. And God's still using those messages. And what we do, oh, Carlens, then all is wrong. All the books are not good. No, that, that's, that's what the devil is doing. He puts all into rubbish. God says, yeah, he made a mistake. But he brought thousands of people to faith. God used him in the preaching teachings. And when I think about Carl Lenz, you know what I see? He impacted thousands of people around the world. And I'm so thankful for all those years, he was on the stage, he was a leader. You know what I'm talking about? It's not nonsense, God used him to bring people to Christ and that's why, think for a moment about your dad, mom, those people that stepped out. Say to God, but those three things, I'm so thankful. Without that guy, I will not be on that position right now. Can we do this for a moment? Maybe you've never done before. That's not the culture, usually what we do, but this is the kingdom culture. The kingdom culture is we say thanks what those people added and brought into my life. Let's close our eyes for a moment. You know those persons. You feel right now everything is wrong, but they have added some values into your life. Faith thanks right now, wherever you are. That's the moment where you're stepping out from your pity party. It's time to say goodbye to your pity party. It's time. I step out, I proclaim, I speak it out for all the goodness sense right now it's time for many people to step out from your pity party you have been too long in that party with proclamation singing thanks to God that God brought Marcus 
and Barnabas and Silas into Paul's life. Even if they're going different ways, they brought some values to each other. You don't have to be agree about anything, but God brought the right people in the right season into your life. They brought some values. They added some kingdom mindsets into you and you're not the same anymore because God brought the right people in the right season for a cause into your life. And I want to lead you right now with the worship team in a worship moment. And why we do that is this message sounds easier than it is, I know. But when we praise Jesus, we ask that His kingdom of God comes down. A new beginning, forgiveness, restoration, all those things we ask God fall down with your presence, we need you. We cannot do that alone. That's why spread out your arms and hands and ask Father God, let heaven fall down right now on me. Come on, worship team. Hey, thanks for watching. Hey, our passion for people is that we see them grow in their relationship with Jesus, live fearlessly and influence their people and the surrounding in a positive way. And if you would like to be part of that vision, we thank you so much for your financial support because that would make it possible. I hope that this message spoke to you really. And if you don't have subscribed to our channel, please do this. And it's always a big blessing. Maybe you know some people in your neighborhood or in your friendship that podcast could be a very well cool thing just share the link because it's pretty pretty easy and I'm looking forward to see you again tune in and God bless you and see you soon bye bye